Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. It's time to talk about racism in America. That should be really comfortable for everybody. It's time to talk about reparations <laughs> and everything else. And finally, we have a law firm you need to find out about. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. Racism. Racist. That's racist. This is racist. This is systemic racism. Oh, this is kind of racism. Ooh, that's blatant racism. Aren't you tired of that word? Aren't you sick to death of that word? Well, I am. But I've got some bad news for you, and this is, well, it's as bad as it gets. That word is going to be here to stay until we confront it head on. And this is why. And I know you're going to find this shocking. Some of you, some of you are just going to nod your head because you're going to know I'm right. In my general area, I hang out with people in my neighborhood. We, and it's nothing major on the weekend, a couple beers, hang out, relax. And we talk and eventually about politics. Eventually, as you know, somebody's going to ask me about politics, what I think about this, what I think about that is fine. When you talk to these people for long enough, 
what you'll find out is most of them, you know, relatively your age, my age, they think like you and I do. For in general, nobody's a robot. Everyone has different views on things. But almost universally, the young people, their children, young teens, they think climate change is about to destroy the country and America is an extremely racist place. They think that all the way. Now, where would they get that impression if they're not getting that impression from mom and dad? I mean, I have a new poll that was out recently. Even uh, the majority of white adults in America think America is a racist place. Where would people be getting that impression? Well, let's talk about that. One, they're getting it in school. They're getting it heavily in school, and it gets heavier and heavier the more they go along. Just recently in Virginia, they decided to start mandating that kindergartners be taught about slavery. You know, that time of year when you and I were eating paste and learning our ABCs, they're learning about slavery. As you start to work your way up through school, you start to learn about American history, right? Who doesn't want to learn some American history? And you know what they learn about American history? They learn about the horrible genocide of the Native Americans. They learn about slavery. They learn about the civil rights movement. We'll touch on World War II a little and call it a day. You see, it's very, very subtle. And when you talk to these teachers who manage to step out and they'll only talk to you privately, which I get because they're worried about losing their jobs, they'll tell you, oh, it's pushed down to us. It's pushed down very, very subtly. No, 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 don't, don't teach the good things. Oh no, teach the, yeah, that makes America look horrible. And then it gradually gets more and more aggressive. And sooner or later, you send your little Johnny or little, little Debbie off to college. 50, 60 grand a year, you get to pay. And eventually, four years later, that child comes back home and you don't recognize him anymore. But wait, it actually gets worse. Pop culture. Don't roll your eyes. I know. I, I, I think it's ridiculous, too. You and I like to spend all kinds of time mocking these actors mocking athletes, mocking singers. Oh, gosh, what did this crazy singer say now? Oh, okay. We roll our eyes at it. And look, you should roll your eyes and mock these people as much as possible. But do not for one second discount the impact their voice has on young people. The impact their voice has on people who are just starting to figure out what they believe in this world and why they believe it. It's very, very real. Then, we haven't even gotten to the political side. What do they see each and every Democrat saying out there? Each and every one, from Biden to Pelosi on down, on TV, every single night, reinforcing these same points time and time and time again. Uh, America's racist. Uh, uh, every black person's oppressed. Uh, no one can get ahead. White people are evil. All this, all this ridiculous, divisive stuff. Divisive? Divisive? I don't know how to say that word exactly, but it's true. And remember, each and every time we dwell on something like this, it only pulls us apart further. It does nothing, absolutely nothing, to bring us together as a country, not ideologically, not, not by skin color. It does nothing. All this does is divide. All it does is tear people apart. And, well, the truth of the matter is this. It's making a difference. It's making a big, big difference as they shape the minds of the next generation. And now, so many of them are already shaped as they come into adulthood, you can't switch them off it. I will tell you, I went on social media and I went on a rant about the NFL having lefty commie Black Lives Matter decals on their helmets. And I said, if these are people who say they care a lot about the urban black community, why do we have all these players with... 10 children and nine different women. How is that a controversial statement? We know statistically, for a fact, it's not made up, for a fact, whatever your skin color, you grow up without a father in your home, you are, man, to say you are at a disadvantage is to put it mildly. Suicides, prison, everything, drug abuse, everything, your chances go up exponentially if your dad runs out on you. And statistically speaking, as even people like Don Lemon have said in the past, 65, 70% of black children are raised in single family homes. Why are we not allowed to address that problem? You know, that's not racist to address a real problem. That's compassionate. Let's address the real problem.
The real problem in some of these horrible, horrible neighborhoods that are crime-ridden, it's not a skin color problem. It's a fatherhood, family environment problem. And why do you think part of the mission statement of Black Lives Matter is the destruction of the nuclear family? It's part of their mission statement. It's right on their website. You don't have to take my word for it. Why do you think that is? Because they know once the family is broken up, once you've lost that nucleus, once you've lost that guidance, you'll serve anybody. You'll look, you'll look and you'll end up serving government. And since I said that, since I came out on that rant, I've had a million death threats on my phone. People threatening to kidnap and kill my children. Not making that up. Don't cry for me, by the way. I'm not doing one of those things. Oh, oh, look at all the people being mean to me. I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. Whatever. But how could it prompt that kind of reaction? How could having an honest conversation about real problems in an effort to solve those problems... How could it cause that kind of visceral, hate-filled reaction? Well, it's because for far too long we have ingrained in the minds of Americans of every single color that you're not at fault for anything, and you're not at fault for everything, and all those problems, those are someone else's fault, and this problem, that's someone else's fault. And it's ruining us. It's ruining us as a society. Oh, oh, you're, you're real extremely overweight. Wow, I mean, the fast food place, the, the, do they have enough labels? Did they label that double quarter pounder? They, they should have told you there were more calories in there. It's really their fault. Oh, no, it's not that you should eat less and work out more. Somebody get a hold of McDonald's. Let's get some bigger labels on there. Because if you had only known, if you had only known that double quarter pounder with cheese wasn't good for you, who knows what decisions you would have made. We have a major, major accountability problem here in the United States of America. And the problem is now that accountability problem is so ingrained. The roots are so deep, people are going to react viciously, sometimes violently, to try to address them now. We've had a two-month conversation on race, and the only thing we've been able to come up with is, it's the cops? The, cop, the, the cops are the problem? That's absurd. It's ridiculous. And yet, if you bring up anything else, you're not supposed to say that. Absurd. And you know what? The Democrat Party as a whole, not to make this political, but it is, should be ashamed of themselves because they continue to drive these wedges in our society. They continue to cause these divisions in our society openly. I don't have any idea what that must feel like at night when you lay down knowing you've said things like what Joe Biden said right here. What President Trump has done in going his his spreading of racism the way he deals with with yeah. with people based on the color of their skin their national origin where they're from is absolutely sickening yeah. no sitting president has ever done this never 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 no republican president has done this no democratic president we've had racists and they've existed and they've tried to get elected president he's the first one that has hmm racist. That's quite a statement. That's quite a statement for anybody. That's quite an accusation to make against anybody, but against Donald Trump? What? Donald Trump, but to his credit, Donald Trump has done a lot for black people in this country. We passed criminal justice reform, something that Obama and Biden were unable to do. Uh, we did uh, Opportunity Cities. We did the greatest. If, if you look at what we've done with Opportunity Zones, uh, nobody's ever even thought of a plan like that. We had the best African-American, Hispanic-American, Asian-American. Almost every group was the best for unemployment. The unemployment numbers were the best. Uh, you look at, so you look at employment, you look at Opportunity Zones, and maybe most importantly, you look at criminal justice reform, you look at prison reform. I've done things that nobody else, and I've said this and I say it openly and not a lot of people dispute it. I've done more for black Americans than anybody with the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln. Nobody has even been close. Hmm. You know, he's not necessarily wrong, is he? The man has made effort after effort after effort to better the lives of every single American, regardless of skin color, and yet still get called a racist. 
Maybe it's time we put away the words racist and racism and just address real problems. Let us look at ourselves in the mirror and address real problems. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Now, you know what else should make you uncomfortable? That there are cyber criminals out there as we speak, as we speak, prowling the internet, looking for home titles. Are they going to come across yours? Have they already come across yours? They sure might because it's sweeping the nation. The FBI is concerned about it. It is time for you to protect yourself. Go get HomeTitleLock.com. Go. Get HomeTitleLock.com right now. Make sure these cyber criminals cannot, under any circumstances, get a hold of your home title, take out a loan against it, and financially ruin you. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get yourself 30 days free protection. We'll be back. You know, we haven't talked quite enough about the mixed messaging that has come out about coronavirus. And we brought it up occasionally. But I want you to listen to this, Trump. Son. Would you consider being one of the first to take this vaccine to send, send a message to the American public? Well, you know the way it works. If I'm the first one, they'll say he's so selfish, he wanted to get the vaccine first. And then other people would say, hey, that's a very brave thing to do. I would absolutely, if they wanted me to, if they thought it was right, I'd take it first or I'd take it last. Okay, that's fine. People are cheering that. One, how comfortable are you taking a vaccine that has been rushed? Has it been rushed? I don't know. Look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of these pro-anti-vaccine guys. I'm not talking about that, but are you injecting something, letting the government inject something into your body that everybody was pushing so hard? That's for one. For two, I had to laugh. Honestly, I saw the headline today. I had to laugh. Headline comes out, and this is what it says. Headline says that you're more likely to catch COVID-19 when you're at home. Wait, I'm sorry, what? You, you said, at first you said, don't wear a mask. They were very specific, do not wear a mask. And then it's do wear a mask. And then it's go outside, make sure you go outside, the sunshine kills it. And then it's, whoa, what are you, what are you people doing outside? Get back inside. Then it's stay inside, slow the spread, two more weeks. Oh, wait, two more weeks after that. Oh, two more weeks after that. Oh, let's go ahead and make it 30 days. Now it's, whoa, what are you doing inside? You can't pee inside, get back outside, and you're going to catch it if you go inside. Maybe there would be a lot more trust from the American people on coronavirus, a lot more trust, if we had any kind of a consistent message at all. <laughs> Don't want to speak out of turn, though. All right, we're going to switch subjects a couple times here because I have a bunch of different things I want to hit really quick. Here's Beto O'Rourke. Instead, we have a governor who perhaps is looking at the 2022 Republican primary for the office that he now holds, trying to fend off our Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who on Fox News said, there are more important things than living. In other words, let's get on with the dying, knowing full well that it will be those frontline workers making $7.25 an hour, which is a minimum wage in Texas, It'll be African-Americans, it'll be Latinos and Mexican-Americans who will be doing the dying right here in Texas. This is a death cult, the Texas GOP, only they want you to do the dying. And that's exactly what is happening in Texas right now. Texas is doing fine. Texas is doing just fine. Hospitals are not at capacity. We've got a handle on things. But I wanted to bring up what he had to talk about there. It's going to be black people. It's going to be Latinos. Again, this endless endless dividing us by race where did this start what how long has this been going on has this just been in our face the entire time i realize it's been out there but has it been this bad who talks like that do you talk like that in your daily life and while we're on the subject of texas let's bring up something that might get uncomfortable we might lose it i don't look it hurt me to say it hurt me to say, I just <clears throat> choke it back there. We are in danger of losing the state of Texas. We are. There is a chance we are going to lose this state. Beto O'Rourke only lost to Ted Cruz by two points. We now have poll after poll after poll showing Biden either tied or leading Donald Trump in the state. And don't do that thing 
where you take your remote control and you chuck it at the TV and you say, oh, all the polls are lying. Okay, well, even if the polls are wrong, I mean, they don't all make a living off lying. Some of them do. Yes, there are plenty of dishonest polls, but polls try to be accurate because a, poll, a polling place only makes its living based on its reputation. That's the fact. Okay, even if they're wrong, even if some of them are lying, we can't assume we're fine here at all. So what happened? How did that happen? Texas has been red, right? Not blood red. It's not the reddest state in the union percentage-wise. Don't ever listen to anybody who tells you that. But what in the world happened? Well, a couple different things happened. One, we had a whole bunch of corporations move into the state of Texas because of Texas's business-friendly environment. And on the surface, that sounds great, right? Our governor openly courts these businesses, and that's fine. Who doesn't want more industry? If you're a government, who doesn't want more tax dollars? But who doesn't want more businesses, more job opportunities for people that live here? That's wonderful, isn't it? But here's the problem. Here's the problem. When you pack up your business, you pack up uh, Joe Schmo's tires, and you move the big Joe Schmo's tire plant down to Texas, down to the Dallas area, did you ask all your employees how they were going to vote in Texas before they got to Texas? Well, undoubtedly you didn't, because I'm almost positive that's illegal. Even if it wasn't, you wouldn't ask anyway. And if Joe Schmo's Tire Shop, yeah, they came to Texas because they liked the taxes. Maybe the, maybe the head of Joe Schmo's Tires is definitely going to vote Republican. Shoot, look at these tax breaks. I like this place. But what if Joe Schmo's Tire Shop has 100 employees, 200 employees, and 70, 80% of them are voting Democrat? This wasn't just a hypothetical. This is happening across the state. There is a price to be paid for inviting these out-of-state businesses. States like Texas, Arizona, and others, they openly court businesses from California saying, come on in, come on in. Well, there's a price to be paid for that. And the price is you can lose a delicate balance, and that might be what, what we're facing here. And the second thing we might be facing here the Texas GOP is faltering, faltering for many of the same reasons the Washington GOP has faltered. Kind of uncertain, feckless. This coronavirus thing has thrown them for a real loop, not sure how to lead. And when they finally do lead, they seem to be leading with mixed messages or flat out going the wrong way. And people do not follow that. They do not follow that ever. And one of the I shouldn't say shocking things that has emerged from this whole thing, but one of the very revealing things that's emerged from all this Black Lives Matter leftist movement garbage has been how many people in this country are actually part of a black supremacist movement. Ice Cube has said some really anti-Semitic things recently. Ice Cube's an actor and, and a, 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 a rapper, and that's fine. It's fine. I watch his movies. I've listened to some of his songs. It's, I don't have anything personal against Ice Cube. But there have been some really awful things that have come out of this guy's mouth recently. Those black people, those black artists, those black directors and writers, and people who put the project together should own the projects. And in these studios, they can license the projects, the movies or the TV shows or whatever, or they don't have to. You know, they can. we can put them on our own streaming services. But I just think it's a... It, you know, it's a form of reparations from the entertainment industry if they all had to, you know, invest a certain amount of money um, into uh, the studio each year as payment for all the damage they've done to black people. It's no way to feel free in America um, because I'm, I'm connected to to our people, you know, so. You know, I actually feel the pain. Okay. Let's assume the pain's genuine and all that. I'm not, not here to judge that, but are we really going to do this thing? And I wouldn't have brought it up if it was only Ice Cube, but I see this all over the place. This uh, reparations thing. I saw Uber is one of the companies that they're going to force a hire of this many of this and force a hire of this many of that. Does that sound like progress to you? We're, we're going to force Hollywood studio. You have to take so much of your money and make sure you spend it on black people. That's not equality. That's not uni unity. 
That's black supremacy. It's gross when white people do it. It's gross when black people do it. And I wouldn't worry about it again if that was only Ice Cube. But man, I'm hearing this a lot out there. And I'm starting to see cities like Asheville, North Carolina cave on it. You're going to start to see states cave on it. And then it's only a matter of time. You're going to start to see the federal government cave on it. And that's going to be a problem. Now, finally, for a complete switch of gears, the Chinese consulate in Houston, um, they made them close it. Here's Senator Rubio. So this consulate is basically a front for, it's kind of the central node of a massive spy operation, commercial espionage, defense espionage, also influence agents to try to influence Congress. You know, they use uh, businessmen as fronts in many cases to try to influence members of Congress and other political leaders at the state and local level. And so it's long overdue that it be closed. What will happen is the Secretary of State probably already has demarched the ambassador, basically called them in, told them we're going to do this, told them why. Given their agents that we know who they are, 72 hours to leave the country. If they don't leave within 72 hours, they'll be arrested as spies. Um, and then what will happen is they'll, you know, the, and you'll see this all the time. Every country does it when they, when your embassy or consulate is closed, they start destroying everything in there. They have a plan of destruction. So they'll, you know, for us, the Marines are in charge of doing that if someone closes our embassy. So they'll burn documents and shred documents and destroy computers and so forth. We saw something similar in San Francisco. And, and now what will happen is the Chinese will respond reciprocally. They'll, they'll close one of our facilities somewhere in China, probably Wuhan, as, you've, as I've outlined. Yeah. Is it a big deal? No. It's what happens. Like he kind of laid out right there, it's what happens. This is what happens when you start to get into a Cold War with somebody. And believe me, we are in a Cold War with China. It's going to be a consulate battle. It's going to be burning documents. And yes, it's all terrible, and, and nobody wants a conflict with China, and it's all ugly right now. But at the same time, isn't it kind of exciting in a way? I love that spy game stuff. I should have been a spy. I'm probably too big to be a spy, though. All right. Now, it can be easy to get stressed out there. And if you can't sleep, I know what you're going through. I know what it's like to lay down and close your eyes and then just think to yourself, oh, I had a big day today. I've got a big day tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. I hope it's not too late. Oh, no, it's already midnight. Okay, I'll get to sleep. And soon it's 2 a.m. and you're staring at the clock like this and you're miserable. You know you don't have to do that anymore. We have ebb sleep now. Ebb sleep applies precise, continuous cooling to your forehead area, putting you asleep and keeping you asleep. Go try one. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse, 25 bucks off. We'll be back. Joining me now, contributor to the first and author of a new book, which we will get to in a minute, called Always a Soldier, Rob Smith. Well, we know he was a soldier. We know he's a lot of different things. But right now, he's a man with an absolutely electric shirt on. Rob, what is that T-shirt thing you're wearing underneath the jacket? This is scotch and soda. I think it's it's really cool. You know, it's kind of like bright colors. And I wanted to make it pop a little bit. You know, I do the... Uh, like the the dark blazer and dark shirt thing a lot so i wanted to to make it pop a little bit just for you jesse just for you i like it i look i'm not judging you i dig it i dig it all the way all right always a soldier rob why write a book and i'm not talking about what the concept of the book is how in the world can you unless you're some kind of sadist sit down for hours on end and write things. When I feel like I have to write something, when someone asks me to write something, I actually get physically sick at the thought of having to sit down and put something on paper. How could you do that? Well, you know, I, you know, it's something that I wanted to do for a really long time. So the book is, is my story of um, discovering love for America through military service and then obviously coming out as, a, as America's favorite black gay Republican in order to help save America from radical leftists. So there's really something for everybody. I call it Moonlight Meets American Sniper. So you got coming of age, you got war stuff, and then the last third of the book, I just take on the radical left, and it's, it's awesome. I take on the cult of LGBTQ is what I call it. Um, I talk about the black vote in 2020. I talk about what it is like to actually come out as conservative nowadays because it is harder to come out as conservative than it is to come out as gay. And I know because I've done both. So I just really wanted to get that out there and I enjoyed the process, but it is grueling. 
explain to me what you mean by it being hard to come out as conservative. Like, like I'll tell you, everybody has seen by this point in time, full disclosure, I was mad at the NFL and their stupid Black Lives Matter decals on their helmets. And what I said was, if they really wanted to improve things in the black community, we'll address all these people having children and running out on their kids. That fatherless homes, no matter your skin color, destroys lives. It's a huge problem in the black community. And for the t- last 24 hours, I've been treated to death threats like you can't imagine. However, I'm sure that's nothing compared to what you went through. Explain it. Yeah, well, it's like when I came out as conservative, it was the most sort of disruptive experience of my entire life. You know, you lose uh, you lose friends, you know, you, you get these threats, you know, uh, you're called an Uncle Tom, a coon, all this <laughs> other stuff. The gay community has been absolutely vicious, which is why I don't call it the LGBTQ community. I call it the LGBTQ cult, right? And, you know, so in my social media, I get so many different messages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, of people that have said, since I came out as conservative, um, I lost family members. I had a really heartbreaking mother um, send, email me something. She said, my own kids don't even talk to me anymore. And, you know, the reason why I started doing all this, the reason that I came out two years ago is to start kind of bringing people together and breaking that stuff down because it, it's not right to separate yourself from people just based on politics. Explain that mentality, even though you're not that way. How could that happen? Okay, Rob comes out as uh, gay. Rob, Rob's a black dude. He comes out as a conservative. And I'm uh, another person, and I hate him for it. Why? Where's that mentality in my mind come from? What is that, Rob? So the mentality, the leftist mentality, and I, I dig into this in the book. So I, there's a chapter 15 called The Kanye Effect why black Americans are leaving Democrats behind, right? Because we know that there's something going on in the black community and I really delve into it. But what a lot of people don't get is that the Democrats and the left in general has put so much energy and focus behind the idea that the left owns black people, the Democrats own black people. And that if you are a black person that does not subscribe to leftism or that does not subscribe to what the Democrats say, then you are somehow a a traitor. Um, So they've used things like that and they've used stuff like the BLM movement to kind of define blackness in that way by your affiliation with the political party. So that's what it is. And when you really dig down into it, it is it is entertainers. It is media. um, It is pop culture. It is so many different things. And it's really hard for for people in general, but particularly black people to really break out of that because there's so many people who would rather have us stay on the left. And when you bring up the BLM protests and everything that's going on right now, what you are seeing is this this is this stage of leftism is in what I call its final form, right? So we are going to throw the onslaught. We need black people to think that they are victims, that they are being victimized, that they're being brutalized every single day so that they can vote for Democrats. It is not a mistake that this is happening in an election year. So you really kind of have to cut through the noise and see what the game really is. And that's what I break down in chapter uh, chapter 15, I think it is. 15 or 16. It's a long book. Rob, I'm glad you brought up pop culture because I actually brought it up at the beginning of the show. And I was talking about how I, my friends, my neighbors, I mean, they think relatively like you and I for the most part. Nobody's a robot. Nobody thinks the same. But their kids... Their kids all think America, they think climate change is going to destroy the country tomorrow, and they all think America is this evil, racist place. And a lot of what they get that stuff from is pop culture. And I tried to explain to people that stuff matters. What they see on YouTube and the athletes and things like that, they're taking that stuff to heart. Yeah, they are, Jesse. And, you know, it's so funny because I've got um, got something coming up. I'm not going to announce that here, but I was just in this in this call today where we talked about pop culture. And the thing about conservatives and where conservatives and Republicans get it wrong is that they have completely um, given up on pop culture. They have said that, no, this is something that the left does, whatever. But you have to understand that pop culture is how the left is indoctrinating our younger people and our college students into this anti-American hatred. And, and one of the, the best things that Turning Point USA does, and we all know that I do some work with them, is that they take the culture head on. So conservatives, Republicans, at some point, you have to start engaging in the culture. That's why I named that chapter the Kanye effect, because Kanye is the culture. Kanye cannot be canceled. And he had such an impact 
on the way African Americans, I think, see and view politics. And, and people can tear him down. They can call him crazy. They can say what he wants. But they want, but that pop culture influence cannot be denied. And we have to start engaging in that a little bit more. There's a very prominent conservative that just, um, that very, very popular, never engages in culture, says that he hates culture, that he wants nothing to do with it. Well, that's not the way um, to, to win the cultural war. Rob, do you think it's going? No, I, I don't think we have the culture. Obviously, we've lost that. We can try to win it back, and I agree we should try to win it back. Is the momentum going our way on that or not going our way? Because you look at the news right now and it feels like the whole world's against you. If, you. if you're somebody on the right and you believe, you know, family values, all that stuff, you feel like, man, this culture is racing away from me. But are we slowly chopping away at it and winning it back? No, I'm sorry. Like, I uh. wish I could say we are, but we're not. Because the, the thing about it is, Jesse, you got to realize that they got the memo on this decades ago. We're talking 30, 40 years at this point. Look at the Reagan years, right? And look at how our, our media and entertainment and the movies reflected that era, right? So the pop culture in that era was very reflective of where the country was, and particularly um, in some of the excesses of the 80s and that administration in general. And when you look at it now, it's flipped. It's the complete opposite. So they, we're 30, 40 years behind, man. And, and we're playing catch up at this point. Okay, how do we play catch-up, Rob? I don't play, know how to do this. We, Clearly, you're more, more more wired in than I do. How do we catch up? We, we play catch-up by engaging in culture. We play catch-up when these moments happen that are cultural, talking about those moments and engaging in it. Uh, conservatives this week missed a huge opportunity with the Kanye West situation because this is literally like this man was in tears at the thought of aborting his, his eldest daughter. And he revealed in that, that speech that he gave that that was a choice that, that they had to make to, to keep the daughter. I'm like, you've got one of the biggest pop cultural icons of, of the past 40 years basically coming out as pro-life. And you guys are not hopping on this? Like, you guys are not pushing that messaging and pounding it out? Look, dude, the conservative movement and conservative media personalities in general spend way too much time focusing on Congress people that nobody cares about they spend way too much time tearing down celebrities and stuff like that that nobody really cares about. And they don't spend enough time looking out and cluing into these moments and using those moments to advance our messaging. And that's what I'm going to try to do in some of my upcoming projects. That's a little bit of what I get into towards the end of the book when I talk more about political commentary. But we got to start doing it, man. We got to start doing it. Rob Smith. That was outstanding. Thank you, my friend. We I'll plug the book one more time. Yes, Always a Soldier, Service, Sacrifice, and Coming Out as America's Favorite Black Gay Republican is available wherever books are sold right now. Hop on the Amazon. Check that out. Uh, you've got Moonlight Meets American Sniper. It's an Iraq War memoir. It's coming of age. It is sticking it to the left at the end, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Be good, my man. You too, all right, we're not done. Hang on. Joining me now, this is a treasure for me, Abby Johnson. She's the founder of And Then There Were None, a ministry designed to assist abortion clinic workers in transitioning out of the industry. Abby, first of all, let's start right there. Abortion industry workers. You obviously have some experience in that realm. Why begin that at all? Like, what, what mentality goes into that? Is it just a nursing profession when you go in? Are you passionate about the industry? What happens there? You know, I think it depends. I mean, for a lot of the, the people that we work with, it's primarily women. Um, but for a lot of women that we work with, they just need a job. And, uh, you know, these abortion clinics, they're willing to hire you on the spot. Um, and they pay really well. And a lot of these women are single moms. They need a job. They need to care for their children. Here's a place that's willing to hire them more than any of the other jobs that they've interviewed for. They take the job. And they, I don't really think a lot of them even know what it entails. I mean, 
you know, it's like with me, I got hired for Planned Parenthood. They're telling me you're going to help women. This is a job where you're helping women in crisis. Who wouldn't want to help women, right? And you don't really understand what you're going to be doing day in and day out until you get there and you start seeing it. What do you see when you get there? Was it right away? Was there this culture shock of, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Do they slowly work you in? How does that go? So it sort of depends. I mean, some facilities we've heard, you know, we've heard differing stories. So some facilities will say, uh, you know, right off the bat, we are going to throw you into the POC lab. So POC stands for products of conception. And that is the lab where they piece the baby parts back together. And so in some clinics, they put you back there immediately um, because they want you to sort of sink or swim. Are you going to be able to do this job? Or are you not going to be able to do the job? Um, and if you can't, they want to weed you out immediately. Some places, like where I worked, um, they wanted to get you in and really get you invested. They wanted you to start living that lifestyle based on that salary where you didn't feel like you could leave. And then they put you back there in the lab. And then they really start introducing you to the gruesome reality of abortion. How did the people you worked with handle it? Obviously, we'll get to how your story went here in a minute. But did you see the people around you, I mean, happy, like you're just at a regular walk-in urgent care somewhere? Were they miserable? Were they apprehensive? How did they handle it? I mean, you know, I mean, I, strangely enough, I think a lot of people believe that, you know, gosh, it must be just miserable working at an abortion clinic. But it's really not. I mean, we... You know, it was sort of like working, I guess, at any other sort of medical facility. I mean, we um, we were a very, you know, close-knit group of people. It's, you know, I have to say, too, it's a little different probably because there's very much an us versus them mentality um, in the clinic because you're going in every day and you are, you feel like you're under attack from the outside. So there are people coming after you every day. I mean, that's how you're made to feel, right? Um, there's people standing outside of your clinic. They're picketing you. They're protesting. You're being yelled at every day. And so the people that you are in the facility with, I mean, you really form a close relationship with. And so, you know, yes, you feel like you're on the defensive, but I mean, it was a, it was a, it felt like a, a, a happy place to work. Um, but some people did have some boundaries that they put up. I mean, we had people that worked there and they said, I'm never going to go back to the POC room. That is too far for me. I'm going to work up here and I'm going to take the money and I'm going to do billing, but I don't want to see what happens back there. That's, that's too much for me. Um, there were some people that had absolutely no problem with what was going on back there. So it was sort of a, a variety of responses. What happened with you? So I had been there for eight years, um, enjoyed my job, enjoyed what I did there, um, believed that I was doing the right thing, believed that I was, was helping women there. Um, the last year of my employment, things started to change for me. I started to to see some some things that were problematic for me we were uh, doubling our abortion quota which was you know that was that was problematic for me because i really believed that our goal at planned parenthood was to uh, keep abortion safe legal and rare that's what everybody had said that's what we had said for all these years but here we had this uh quota for abortions, and now we're being asked to double it. So that was questionable for me. Um, you know, there were a few other things, but ultimately I ended up leaving after witnessing a live ultrasound guided abortion procedure. Ultrasounds are not typically used during the, the abortion procedure, but I saw a 13 week old baby uh, fight and struggle for his life during the abortion procedure. And uh, I, I knew then that I was on the wrong side of this debate, um, that there was humanity in the womb, there was life in the womb, and I knew that if those two things were true, that um, I could never participate in abortion again, and so I, I ended up walking out. 
How is the ministry going now? Are you getting people reaching out to you saying, man, I'm right there? Is it a struggle? Tell me about it. Yeah, you know, I started this ministry in the middle of 2012, not really knowing if it was going to be successful or not. We thought, you know, if we get 10 workers coming to us a year, that would be a huge success for us because, uh, you know, it's sort of a hard sell. You know, come on, abortion clinic workers, trust us, right? Trust the pro-life movement. You know, we didn't, we didn't know, you know, if it'd be successful or not. But, um, you know, here we are, uh, eight years in, and we're right at about 600 abortion clinic workers who who have come to us. And um, because of those workers, uh, we've been able to then shut down 21 abortion facilities. Um, because, you know, these workers, they are the Achilles heel of these abortion clinics. They know all the secrets. They know all the dirty laundry. Um, you know, they, and then if they, if they leave, we're able to get them in touch with regulatory agencies, health departments, and they know what to, they know what to tell these agencies in order to get them in these clinics and to get them shut down. Abby Johnson, is Planned Parenthood coming after you, or did they? They did. Uh, when I left, they took me to court. They tried to get a permanent gag order against me. That obviously failed. Um, I think they were quite embarrassed that they they lost to me in court, and so I, I really don't hear from them that often. I did hear, though, recently that at their latest conference, their latest national conference, they had a breakout session that was on me and my ministry and then there were none. So that made me feel quite accomplished that we're getting under their skin that much, so. Good for you, good for you. Where can people support this ministry? I want them to be able to support it. Yeah, they can go to abortionworker.com to find out more. Abortionworker.com. Abby, thank you so much for giving us some time tonight. Thanks so much, Jesse. All right. We have a video you have to see. Hang on. Well, you never know when you're gonna need a good lawyer. And in this day and age, you need a lawyer for this age. And we have found the lawyer for you. Did words on the internet hurt your feels? Did no one attend the march that you set up? Did you cancel someone, but they kept on living? Then you need SJ and W. We, like you, believe everyone else is the problem all of the time. If everything is wrong, then nothing is wrong, which means everything is wrong. SJ and W. Tweets you don't agree with, assault. Memes you don't agree with, assault. Your significant other not finding you attractive after you shaved half of your head and dyed the other half blue, got 12 piercings and let your body get to a natural seal-like state, assault. assault. Anything that you might not like does in fact constitute assault not in the actual legalities of anything, but that doesn't mean we won't fight for you. You're making a difference by doing performative activism theater all day, every day. Arms crossed. Your rights matter more than anyone else's and your feelings should be taken as facts because you're offended on behalf of everyone and anything in lieu of having a personality. Arms crossed. We get you and we'll get you the settlement that you deserve for the violent word assault that is disagreeing with you or having nuanced thought. Assault. Arms crossed. SJ and W, we represent your made up rights. SJ and W is not a real law firm, you idiots. It's probably best that you reevaluate your life and why you think being upset makes you important. Life is great and if you're watching this, it means you have a computer or cell phone and Wi-Fi. You're doing just fine. That is some quality content. Mitchell, we got to get that girl on the show. We're going to get that lady on the show. All right, y'all. See you tomorrow. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. 
But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans. Heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country. Heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. The complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes. Our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to its programs. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone. Testosterone fueled again. Maximize your masculinity today at choq.com. Use the code JESSE for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life. Choq.com code JESSE. Limited time offer, subscription cancelable at any time. 